you're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. On Wednesday, James Robinson, a spiritual advisor to Donald Trump, said the pandemic is the result of Satan going ballistic to prevent Trump's re-election. He said we're seeing miraculous answers to prayer. Satan, the father of lies, division, dissension, death, and destruction, was losing ground that he'd gained. We were beginning to see the value of every life, the importance of loving every person, beginning with God and our neighbors. We were beginning to see the economy become strong again. We were seeing the justice system reformed mightily. We were seeing great change. We were seeing security in our nation becoming stronger and the military to protect freedom and all that is precious becoming strong. I'm saying I really do believe this. Satan himself, losing ground, went ballistic. We were beginning to push back miraculously and of all things, the last person on the planet we thought would stand up for what's right, Donald Trump, began to stand up for what was best and I personally believe the pandemic, the whole bit, not just that we were too often vulnerable, but I believe Satan went ballistic and had to stop progress that was being made because we were glimpsing a spiritual awakening and answered prayer. So this spiritual advisor to Donald Trump is doing the media circuit, telling people they believe Trump was doing a fantastic job up to that point. And that made Satan angry, so he threw something at him to mess it all up. The party has slowly been turning into a cult for decades. Ever since Billy Graham and Jerry Falwell and others tried to seamlessly integrate religion into politics and succeeded, all it needed was a cult leader who knows how to manipulate people. And now they have it. The other leaders of the party are ready to lie, cheat, and whatever else it takes to control people. I used to avoid politics on my channel like the plague, but when you see the exact same thing happening in politics as I address in religion, it becomes harder and harder to justify that position. Some of you may not know who Keith Rainier is. I haven't said much about the Nexium cult, although I have talked about it on the podcast. It was founded in 1998, and like Scientology, they tried to attract famous people. Keith Rainier is the leader. Allison Mack was in it from the TV show Smallville. It also had Kristen Kruk from Smallville and the CW show Beauty and the Beast. They also had Sarah Edmondson from Stargate SG-1, Nikki Klein from Battlestar Galactica, and Grace from Battlestar Galactica and the new Hawaii Five reboot. Not long ago, the leader of the Nexium cult was arrested and charged in June 2019 for racketeering, sex trafficking, forced labor conspiracy, and some other felony charges. And since then, his sentencing has officially been scheduled for October. The cult had about 20,000 members at its peak. For context, Heaven's Gate had under 100. Only 39 actually committed suicide, I believe. Scientology has about 40,000. Jehovah's Witnesses are at around 8.5 million. And Mormons have about 15 million now. I'll be interested to see what comes of the sentencing, and I'll definitely be covering it when it happens. Mark and Joseph Grennan, the Archbishop and the son of the Archbishop in the Genesis 2 cult, were both arrested recently. I've talked about Genesis 2 a couple of times on my channel. This is the group that sells bleach as a miracle cure for everything. Although I use the term church loosely, Mark Grennan is on record as saying that the only reason he set it up as a church was to bypass regulations and taxes. According to The Guardian, video footage posted to the Twitter feed of Columbia's top prosecutor showed Mark 
Clark and Joseph Grennan being led away by armed police. These people famously made claims that their bleach solution will cure coronavirus and sent some of it to the White House with a letter. Not long after that, Trump came out and said he wanted to try to use bleach to help cure the virus. It's speculative, but these guys might actually be the reason why Trump brought up disinfectant injection in the first place. The FDA bans them from selling it as a cure for anything. I guess they're paying for their decision now. Young Life Ministries is an organization that runs extremist religious camps and retreats. It's pretty popular, but there's a trending hashtag right now. Hashtag do better young life. They're being criticized right now for their extreme homophobia. People want them to at least be more transparent about what they teach and believe, if not change it completely. But asking a Christian extremist organization to be less hateful and bigoted is like asking a zebra to change its stripes. I'm not holding my breath. This week on the podcast, I'm sure we all know Kenneth Copeland, famous lizard person and Christian nutbag, Trump supporter and televangelist. Well, guess what this televangelist did this time? Now he's excusing Donald Trump's immoral behavior, at least immoral according to Kenneth Copeland. I don't give a shit how much you swear, but Christian extremists are supposed to care about that kind of thing. Not Kenneth Copeland, not when it comes to Trump. He's found a way of justifying immorality if it's coming from somebody he supports. Big surprise. We're going to take a look at what he had to say. Robert Jeffress, the pastor who's being sued by FFRF right now for endorsing political candidates, has a lot to say about the Democrat Party. As expected, he's strawmanning and gaslighting, as usual. He went on a Fox News show recently to talk about how Democrat protesters were burning Bibles in Portland, and continued on to point out that 70% of atheists are Democrat versus 15% Republican. We're going to take a look at exactly what he said and how accurate that is. But before we get into all that, let's take a listen to some voicemail. Don't forget, if you want to call in and leave a voicemail, the number is 1-800-701-8573. Hey, this is Owen. If you're comfortable, leave your first name and state at the sound of the tiny truck backing up. Hello, uh, Telltale. Uh, my name is Chris. I live in Wisconsin. I'm just calling because I was reading um, an article about Jehovah's Witness and their history, and it turns out in 1912, uh, their founder, Charles Taze Russell, was involved in a and a libel lawsuit with a Canadian minister, and during it, the trial, it was proven that he couldn't speak ancient Greek or, or Hebrew, so thus his claim that he found hidden Bible artifacts artifacts was, was proven wrong. Do the Jehovah's Witnesses have, have an explanation for this, or do they just dismiss it as apostate propaganda? Thank you. Keep up the good work. I appreciate that phone call. Really interesting subject, too. Let me give you a, a, a short, basic breakdown of the history of Jehovah's Witnesses and what happened. So Charles Taze Russell was one of the founding members. I think the other founding member was, uh, was um, Nelson Barber or something like that. There were two of them. Anyways, they started their religion in the late 1800s, and it was based off of the Millerite movement. The Millerite movement believed all this stuff about Jesus coming back in a certain year, a certain date, and they had all this Bible math to calculate it out and everything else. Well, when all of that Bible math fell flat, Charles Taze Russell picked it up and ran with it. He loved it. He thought it was legit. Too legit to quit, if you will. So he runs with this Bible math and sets the date to, like, 1874 and then 1879, and it, it just kept moving up and failing and failing and failing over and over again, failed predictions, until finally he set the date at 1913, right? 
it came and went. Nothing happened. So he changed it. He was like, oh, there's no year zero. So it must be 1914, not 1913. Ironically, an argument that the Millerites gave when their dates failed. Oh, there's no year zero. We totally forgot. It just goes from negative one to one. So Jehovah's Witnesses, basically, at the time, they were called the Bible students. Charles Taze Russell and the Bible students believed that something happened in 1914. Jesus came back invisibly. Again, another claim the Millerites made on their very final failed prediction in the mid-1800s. But, you know, we're going to forget about that. It was a long time ago. Nobody remembers. So we're going to make the exact same claims as the Millerites. So 1914 comes and goes. Nothing happens, of course. Uh, Halloween night, 1916, Charles Taze Russell dies. And the next person in line was Joseph Rutherford. The organization was largely structured with like a board, basically, uh, with somebody kind of at the head of the board. But Joseph Rutherford pretty much did a hostile takeover of the religion in the 20s and took control of everything fired anybody that he didn't like and and put in his own people it was a big thing people really loved and respected charles taze russell still at this time in the 20s and the 30s so they were wearing big bushy beards in honor of charles taze russell because he had a big bushy beard and that's where the beard band comes from joseph rutherford didn't like that he didn't like people being reminded of his predecessor so he banned beards that's why you'll never see a Jehovah's Witness with a beard, or you're very unlikely to. So fast forward a little bit in the 1930s, I think 1933, Joseph Rutherford basically did a full hostile takeover of the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society and renamed the religion from the Bible students to Jehovah's Witnesses. That's when they got their name, was in the early 30s, from Joseph Rutherford. At that point, the Bible students split off, pretty much, from Jehovah's Witnesses, because Jehovah's Witnesses had all of the power, all of the, the, they had the organizational structure, and all of the money, and everything. So now, the Bible students, the organization that was created by Charles Taze Russell, was in the hands of this guy, Joseph Rutherford, it was now called Jehovah's Witnesses. So it, the Bible students are nothing more than a belief system at this point. They don't have any money. They don't have any anything at this point in time. But they did actually survive. There are Bible students out there today, still. There are still Bible students, the religion created by the original founder, Charles Taze Russell. So your question was, what do Jehovah's Witnesses think about Charles Taze Russell basically tripping over himself and having to admit in court that he doesn't speak ancient languages. So he had no right to make the claims that he was making. The answer to the question is, Jehovah's Witnesses really don't know much about that. In fact, they, I, I would venture to say almost none of them know that because the, the history of Charles Taze Russell was largely lost to Jehovah's Witnesses. I mean, it's still out there, obviously, but Jehovah's Witnesses have been cut off from it, and very specific information about the founder has been provided to the members of the religion. If the governing body, if Joseph Rutherford and, and, and the other leaders, the other presidents of the religion didn't want the members to know something about Charles Taze Russell, they de facto erased it from the history. 
like I said, that history did survive through the Bible students, so it is out there. But Jehovah's Witnesses largely, um, as a membership, don't know about that stuff. Uh, it's just one more nail in the coffin, in my eyes, for the religion. It was built on faulty ground. It was, it was built on lies and deception and bullshit, and that's where we are today. Hello, this is Jonathan from California. I would like to know what you think about cults when it comes to different countries. From my experience, the more religious a country is, the more cult-like their religion will become. So if you are a regular liberal Christian in America, maybe not in the cult, but maybe the vast majority of people in Africa, Middle East, Southeast Asia, whether it be Christian or Muslim, are in a cult because the country also enforces the cult with censorship and thought control and other things like that. Let me know what you think. I know that in certain parts of Africa, the belief in voodoo is very prominent. Like, people really believe in voodoo, like, to the bottom of their heart. They believe that if you take the personal possession of somebody and put it in a room with some other things and mix up some concoction and say some secret words over it, then that person's going to be cursed by it. It's really, really bizarre. But when you think about it, the members of religion in the U.S., are also really, really extreme. Like, they have their own set of really weird, bizarre, extreme beliefs. And a lot of the time, they don't really seem that way to us because we've been exposed to that basically our whole lives. But when you separate yourself from those really bizarre belief systems, like when you go to another country or whatever, you can see them for what they really are. Just really, really strange. I think when it comes down to it, the important part is, are the members of a country, are the citizens of a country primed to be more likely to believe false information? Are they going to be more willing to believe certain things? Are they easier to influence? Things like that. I think the U.S. is an extremely religious country, an extremely religious country. Uh, Saudi Arabia and Iraq and Syria and, and other Middle Eastern countries like that, they are very, very religious also. But their religion is so completely different from what we in the U.S. are used to that we can see it permeating through everything every aspect of government, of, of personal life, everything. In reality, in the U.S., religion permeates through everything here, too. I mean, we have mentions of God on our money. We have our children say the pledge that mentions God every morning. Like, that's really, really bizarre stuff. You don't realize just how much religion permeates through your life until you take a step away from it. But I think it's about the mindset that the members of the country or the members of the population are more likely to fall into.
Hey, Owen, this is Jay in West Virginia. Um, I just had a quick question. If it were possible to awake humanity of faith in the sense of pretending to know things they don't really know, as opposed to social structures that accompany religion, would you support doing it? Um, also, if someone with a terminal condition who is unaware of your atheism and facing death over a short period of time were to ask you to pray for or with them, would you do it? Thanks. It's a little uh, kind of a quiet voicemail, so let me try to summarize. The question, I think it was a two-parter. The first part was, if I could push a button that would make it so that people stopped believing things for which there was no evidence, would I do it? And part two, I believe, was, if somebody asked me on their deathbed to pray with them, would I do it? And the answer to both of those questions is, yes, I would. I would definitely hit a button to make people stop believing things that are patently absurd to believe. The question here is, is it moral to do that? I wouldn't push a button and make people believe something specifically. I wouldn't want that. But I would definitely want people in the U.S. to be more critical of the things that they believe. If I could push a, a button and make people use critical thinking skills, if I could instill critical thinking skills into every person in the U.S., I would definitely do it. Absolutely no question. And the other question was... If somebody was on their deathbed and they asked me to pray with them, would I do it? The answer is yes, I definitely would. And the reason is because uh, what are you accomplishing by shattering that person's delusion at that moment in time? Changing your beliefs is an earth-shattering, like, life-changing experience. It's not something that you do in an instant. It's something that you have to think about and mull over, and, and it takes years for people to work through their ideas and beliefs and thoughts to come to certain conclusions eventually. Like, I left Jehovah's Witnesses when I was 18. I was kicked out of the religion, but I still believed it for two or three years after that. It took me years to come to the point where I started just simply asking questions about whether or not it was true. By attempting to shatter somebody's delusion when they have presumably a day to live, you're only hurting them emotionally. That's, that's the only thing you're accomplishing. If it's going to actually make progress, then I'm all for it. Like, my channel is specifically intended to break people out of this stuff. But if I was sitting on the deathbed of a Jehovah's Witness, would I try to shatter their delusion? No, I wouldn't. I would let them think it. Unless it was directly harming them, directly harming somebody else, and there was one clear shot, one clear way to help them. Uh, my goal in the end is always to help and benefit people to the best of my ability. Would it benefit somebody to shatter their delusion in their last days? No, it wouldn't. 
Hi, Ellen. I'm Griffin from Alabama, and my question is about the Electoral College and personal ethics. So Alabama has not voted for a Democratic president since 1976 for Jimmy Carter. Everywhere I look online, I see people saying that if you don't vote for Biden, then you're voting for Trump. But I can't agree with that. I know how bad the Republican Party is. As a queer trans person whose family moved to the heart of Dixie country, I'm afraid every day that some new law will be passed saying I can be discriminated against or told where I'm allowed to pee or anything else like that. I know the Democrats are better than the Republicans, but here's the but. Joe Biden does not act like a Democrat, not really. His past actions make him seem more like Republican light. He pushes poli- he pushed policies that reinforce discrimination in the judicial system and it, with his three strikes provision and mandatory minimums. He very poorly handled Anita Hill's accusations against Clarence Thomas. He's against every progressive change young people are demanding from universal health care to the kinds of police reform that we actually need. So, since there is no chance whatsoever of Alabama flipping blue, I don't think I can, in good conscience, vote for him. I will vote, I will vote down ballot, of course, because under the normal popular vote, I could help get a Democrat or even just a progressive Republican elected to a city or state position. But under the Electoral College, liberal voices in conservative areas and vice versa are ignored. I get that Biden would do much less harm than four more years of Trump, but he stands no chance. And I disagree with so much of what he has said and supported in the past. So I was just wondering what your thoughts were on this reasoning. Should one stick to their personal ethics or attempt to reduce harm, even if that attempt could never possibly work? Thank you. Bye. A couple of things that I want to mention about this. First of all, I will not fault anybody for not voting their conscience, basically. I won't fault you for not voting for Biden, but let me give you an impassioned argument in favor of it, and, and maybe this will push you in the right direction, in, in my view. First of all, you said you're going to vote down ballot. That, that is important. Vote anyways, even if you're not going to vote for Biden. Vote anyways. Just leave the presidential one blank if you want, of course. You understand this, obviously, according, you know, as we found from your voicemail, I just want for the listeners, it's really, really important to vote, even if you're not voting for the president, because there are a lot of seats up for grab right now. This isn't really my personal argument. I didn't come up with some of these ideas. Uh, I've seen them around. So don't don't think I'm taking credit for these ideas. They're not originally mine, but I liked them. If you are on a ship like if you're on a a cruise ship, you're going from England to the US. It's a straight shot, say. If you are just half a degree off to the right, then when you leave England, you could end up all the way in Canada. If you're half a degree to the left, you could end up in Cuba. You are trying to push the country in a, in a very specific direction. You and I want something. We, you and I have something in common. We both want Medicare for all, for example. We both want higher taxes for the rich. We're not going to get either of those things with Donald Trump, but I'll tell you what we will get. The Overton window, the window of acceptable public discourse in the U.S., 
is going to be shifted ever so slightly to the right. Like, over the past four years, look, look at what has happened. We were having a real conversation about Medicare for All at one point, and now there are neo-Nazis coming out of the woodwork. Like, racism is disturbingly high right now. Disturbingly high. Because Trump took office. This isn't like a marriage. We aren't going to find the perfect politician. Bernie Sanders has problems. Elizabeth Warren has problems. Although Sanders is my absolute favorite politician of all time, by far. Not even close. I love him to death. But there are some ideas of his that I disagree with. I don't know what they are, but I'm sure they exist. No politician is perfect. They're all humans. They're all flawed, just like me and you. And we will be able to dig up dirt or some disagreement with literally anybody that we find out there. It's not like a relationship. It's like public transportation. We want to get on a bus and have it take us to a certain destination. You and I want Medicare for all. So which of these two politicians, neither of which you and I agree with, like, I don't like Biden either. Which of these two are going to get us closer to where we want to be? Biden is going to get us closer to where we want to be. Like I said in the beginning, I'm not going to fault you if you don't want to vote or, or whatever else. But being in a heavily red state, like you said you are like Alabama, your vote does still count. Maybe it's not like, maybe you're not going to flip the state or anything like that, but they use it for statistics to see how many people voted in the general election uh, for this party versus that party, and, and they get a lot of information out of one single vote. Um, so I, I would still do it, if for no other reason than just so that you know that you're counted and represented and we can like basically build electoral strategies off of that information, that kind of thing. That's why that's what I would say. I, I would definitely still vote. Obama did some really horrific stuff while he was president. Joe Biden was his vice president. He backed him on a lot of that stuff. Joe Biden does, is not for Medicare for all. Joe Biden is basically a corporate Democrat. I don't like that stuff either, but he will get me closer to where I want to be. Let's take a look at some Super Chats real quick. Tyler Cross, keep up the great work. I love your channels. Thank you. I appreciate that. The Gaytheist, if you were raised in a different religion, do you think you'd still be an atheist? I don't know. Uh, really interesting question. I feel like I feel like part of the reason why I finally came to the conclusion that God is completely fabricated is because I was separated from Jehovah's Witnesses and my family and my friends and my life and my everything just completely cut off for so long. I think that it, it, it basically it, it unplugged the programming. If I had been like a standard Methodist or just like a Baptist or something, it's possible that I would 
still believe it because it, it wasn't as extreme. It wouldn't have required such extreme like devotion to thought. You know, I spent years thinking about this stuff. And as a Methodist, I may have been able to just go to church, sit down, listen, stand up, talk to people, and then go home. And not devoted that level of thought and inquiry to the belief system. So I suspect maybe I, I wouldn't have been an atheist if Jehovah's Witnesses hadn't basically just destroyed my life from the, from the ground up. Leah Bryant, have you seen the tweets I sent you? I don't think so. Uh, I'll, I'll take a look. I do check my Twitter every morning. So if you ever wanted to make sure that I see a tweet, the best time to send it is probably 8.30 in the morning and 9 o'clock at night. I would guess that those are probably the best times, but I'll check. I mean, I check all my notifications and stuff. So, uh, Zolfner, welcome back, Zolfner. Kamala fights against trans sex workers, minorities, low income. And according to Biden the other day, I wasn't as valid until she was picked. That's an interesting twist on it. Sounds like a scumbag lawyer's argument. Um, but <laughs> anyway, thank you for the super chat, Zolfner. I feel like I didn't, I, I feel like I haven't had the opportunity to thank you for your super chats recently. So just, Despite the fact that you're a troll and you're incorrect about a lot of the things you say, I do appreciate the super chats and I appreciate the opportunity to talk about this stuff because these are interesting subjects and interesting topics to get into. So thank you for the super chats and thanks for bringing this stuff up because it, it is actually very interesting in my opinion. And welcome back. Sun's too bright. $10. Thank you, Sun's too bright. That's awesome. No message though. Zolfner. Biden said that minorities should feel valid now that Kamala was picked. No troll here that sincerely offended me. Was I not valid before? Um, Biden is... Okay, first of all, you sound a little bit s snowflakey over here. Sound a little bit like a snowflake. You need to be unique and special and, and heard and, and get offended at a lot of really strange things. So um, drop the snowflake cuckery over here because there's no need for it. Offense is taken, not given. That's my go-to line. Offense is taken, not given. Biden is not very... What's the word I'm looking for? Biden is not very articulate, not very good at expressing himself sometimes. He says some really stupid things sometimes. I don't know the context of that specific thing, so I can't really speak to that. He's known for making some pretty serious gaffes. Like I said before in one of the voicemails, we're trying to get on public transportation here. We want this bus to take us somewhere, and Biden, as the driver, is going to get me closer to my destination than Trump is. So I'm voting for Biden for that reason. I don't want to marry the guy. I just want him to get me closer to where I want to be, and he will do fine for that. There are two people, two political ideologies right now that we have to choose from, Trump or Biden. Those are the only two people who have a shot at the election right now. Unfortunately, that's just the party system that we live in. Of those two people, as high as 95, 96% of the country disagrees with those two on something. I'd say 95% of Democrats or liberals disagree with Joe Biden on something. 95% of Republicans disagree with Trump on something, even if it's one issue. Like I said, we're not trying to marry him. We're just trying to get closer to where we want to be. Zolfner, lol, I'm sounding like the left. It's hard to offend me, but that marginalized my work and success. Was it due to my color? What if Trump said that? Uh, I wouldn't like it if Trump said it. I don't like it that Biden said it, but it is what it is. Like, they, they said it. I don't know how to change what they said. There's nothing that I can do about it, either of them. 
I just know that I can vote for the one that's going to get me closer to where I want to be. That's just how it is, unfortunately. We live in that world. Life in the doghouse. Voice 2 did nothing wrong. You are incorrect, madam. That is incorrect. That's fake news. False information. Zolfner, if I did give my vote for blank favors, I'd definitely vote Trump. If I didn't give my vote for blank favors, I'd definitely vote Trump. But you're not. You made a promise. You got to live by it now. Wow, it's raining really hard outside. I hope it doesn't, like, cut the power or something. That would suck. Zolfner, by the way, thanks for the thanks. Have I paid rent yet? Lol. Um, over time, you probably have. Also, when you super chat, it starts a chain and other people super chat. So there's the benefit behind that, too. I, I do appreciate it very much. Thank you for super chatting me and talking to me and all that. Koro, is Biden taking you closer, though? Both Dems and Republicans seem to be going to a similar direction away from our goals, just less far. That's correct. Less far. That's what I'm really worried about. If we have Trump as president, we will be further away from Medicare for all than if Biden were president. We're not going to get there. We're not going to get there. It, we're going to have to pay for it in blood. In fact, we're currently paying for it in blood, paying for our fight for Medicare for all. Imagine how many people die every day, every year, because... They don't have health insurance. They couldn't afford it. How many people go bankrupt because of it? A lot. And I'm sure you know that as well as I know that. But it's not going to be as easy as voting for a, a candidate. We have to fight hard for this, obviously. So I'm going to vote Biden because he will get me less far away. He'll get me less far away. Lukewarm grass. How's Alpha Force Zero holding up with school and, and the pandemic? I work from home, obviously. I do YouTube, and I also run an Etsy store. And the Etsy store is actually basically a full-time job. I work my ass off all day, every day, pretty much. Weekends, I don't have them. But I make enough to live off of, and that's a plus. That's something that not everybody can say right now, obviously. So I feel extremely lucky that I don't have to go to an office every day or, or a building. So I could, in theory never go out except to get food and i could teach alpha force zero from home but basically the window to sign her up for that has passed so she has to go to public school and the school gave us one of three options fully virtual blended which is two days a week she goes to school or fully in person which is five days a week she goes to school i signed her up for full virtual by mistake i meant to do blended so i signed her up for blended again um, I haven't heard a word back from the school since then, but based on how schools are doing when they open right now, like in Georgia and other places, I'm going to guess that the schools here probably will not open. I'm guessing that, I mean, our school year starts a little bit later than usual than most other schools. So I'm guessing probably what's going to happen is they're going to see that and they're not going to open. They're probably going to go fully virtual. I live in a really tiny town, really tiny town, on the outskirts of a bigger city. And there's one half of the town that's broke as shit and full of drug addicts. And the other half of the town is made up of people like the CEOs from the big companies that are in the city. Um, but it's so small that the, the line that separates the addicts from the CEOs is, is very tiny. So I live somewhere in the middle there like in a reasonably okay block of the street. And as a result, Alpha Force Zero goes to a pretty decent school. So uh, hopefully things work out with her school. Um, I, I have 
pretty good trust in in her school district and surprisingly in the government in this area that they'll figure things out and do the right thing hopefully when we come back we're going to talk about pastor robert jeffress just not understanding why any christian would ever be a liberal so give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back you're listening to the telltale channel don't forget to check me out on all social media patreon twitter teespring and etsy all links can be found in the description or on my website telltaleatheist.com So the next article I'm going to take a look at is entitled Robert Jeffress Using Bad Math Claims Democrats Are a Godless Party. This is on the Friendly Atheist website, friendly, friendlyatheist.com, and it's by Hemant Mehta. So let's give it a read and see what it has to say. During an interview yesterday on Fox Business Channel, MAGA cultist and Trump sycophant Pastor Robert Jeffress said a lot of wild stuff. But there is one particular leap of logic that made no sense even for him. Quote, it is no coincidence that 70% of atheists identify as Democrats and only 15% as Republicans. The Democrat Party has become a godless party. Now, I want to address that part, and I'm going to address it in just a second. But before we get to that part, there was, I, I actually watched the whole video. I wanted to watch the rest of it. So let's start with the first section. And then we'll watch the second section. Pastor, these so-called peaceful demonstrators, <laughs> according to President Obama, uh, are burning Bibles now. They are actually burning Bibles. Uh, of course, yeah. President Obama once uh, ridiculed Americans for clinging to religion, but but here they are. What what do you think this is all about? What is it? I just want to point something out. I actually looked this up. I think that this was just a general bonfire. Uh, I looked this up on Snopes and some other places to see where they burning Bibles. This is a, a giant Bible burning. I get the impression from it that there was technically a Bible in the fire, but I don't think it was a Bible burning. For the record, I, I just want to say I don't believe in burning books. A lot of books have caused a lot of damage. Like, for example, the Bible has caused immeasurable damage, but... More specifically, Jehovah's Witnesses literature has caused a lot of damage to people's lives. I'm not even in favor of burning those. I'm not in favor of burning Jehovah's Witness literature. I would rather keep it and use it against them because they've been known to basically outlaw that literature before. Jehovah's Witnesses have told their members, burn the old literature because it's out of date and whatever else in reality it had stuff in there that they didn't want their members to know that they ever endorsed or said so i i'm actually very opposed to burning books i think we should keep the books and use the information in them against the people who wrote it that's that's my position now if you want to burn your jehovah's witness literature as like a cathartic experience or whatever, I get it. That's okay with me. I'm not going to like tear you down for that or whatever. That's fine. That's just how I deal with it. I use it against them. Let's continue. Tell you about these people, that they're burning Bibles. 
Look, David, there is a great contrast between the peaceful civil rights protest of John Lewis and Martin Luther King Jr., who actually based their protest on the teachings of the Bible, compared to these anarchists who are basing what they're doing on rebellion against the Bible. Burn wait, 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 wait. How are they basing it on rebellion against the Bible? I don't understand. I find it fascinating that in the 1800s, people who were pro-slavery were using Bible verses to support their positions. That's the funny thing about the Bible. There's a verse in there for everybody. It's such a broad book that spans so many thousands of years that there is something in there to support everything, to support every single position. There, there are pro-abortion verses and anti-abortion verses. There's pro-gay verses and there are anti-gay verses. Look at this guy's face. God, he's such a fucking... Anyway, this guy could definitely pick either side he wanted and use the Bible to support him. But for the record, during the 60s civil rights movement, there was uh, Malcolm X and there was Martin Luther King Jr. They were both operating around the same time. One was nonviolent, Martin Luther King Jr., and one was one believed in violent protest, Malcolm X. And you can actually look up their debates on the subject. Very fascinating. Very fascinating. You should definitely go look up, after this stream is over or whatever, you should definitely look up Martin Luther King versus Malcolm X, violence versus nonviolence debates. Both have very interesting arguments, and they can be applied outside of the general civil rights movement to apply more directly to forms of protest. But generally speaking, I think violence kind of pushes people... Violence will... Violent protest will accomplish a goal faster, but it has a higher failure rate in the end. It's easier to attack and criticize somebody who is using violent protest. So if you can get the changes pushed through rapidly through that protest, then it has a chance of being more productive than nonviolent protest. But nonviolent protest is a sure way to gain support for a movement. I, I'm always in favor of nonviolent protest. Martin Luther King Jr. succeeded. He was a success story, and he did it nonviolently. So generally speaking, I say nonviolence is the way to go. But let's continue with um, Robert Jeffress here. Down, burning Bibles, burning American flags, burning down police stations. And look, I'm not saying that... Uh, okay, so he conflated those three things there just now. They're not the same thing. Burning flags and burning Bibles are speech. It's a form of free speech. Burning down a police station is effectively violence. Those, sh those should not be conflated. But in his mind, they're the same. In his mind, if you're burning a Bible or a flag, then you are being violent because you're, he feels like you're attacking his beliefs or whatever. Or he wants his listeners to feel like that. 
all Democrats support this kind of action. But you know, there's a Bible verse that says, uh, bad company corrupts good morals. And when uh, Jehovah's Witnesses said, bad association spoils useful habits. I can't tell you how many times I heard that verse. They used that verse to justify shunning and to justify preventing me from having friends outside the religion. And of course, I didn't have any friends inside the religion either. So it just led to a really shitty situation. Democrats hang around Antifa and Black Lives Matters and do not condemn these kind of anarchist activities. They are complicit in them by remaining silent about yeah. them. I don't know of any Democratic leaders who are defending or staying silent about rioting and violence and looting. Nobody wants that. Like, nobody wants that to happen. That's not helping anybody. But he's conflating, as I mentioned a second ago, violence with nonviolence. He's conflating flag burning and Bible burning, a peaceful form of protest, with violence. He's blurring the lines. What is violence? I said this in a video recently. If you're an extremist, you can find justifications for just about anything. You can find explanations for anything. Well, what, what is violence really? If somebody doesn't like me and they start showing it and it hurts my feelings and it has real ramifications on my life... That's a form of violence, right? Am I then justified in using real, actual, physical violence against them for not liking me? That's the kind of logical path this takes you down. We have a definition for violence, and it does not match what Robert Jeffress is saying here. Let's listen to the next clip. This is from the same video. It's just from the next section here. Let's see what he had to say. But, you know, it does intrigue me that there is this this attempt. There was a, a Black Lives Matter uh, leader who about a month ago suggested that statues of Jesus, if they look too white, should be torn down. I mean, that's because Jesus wasn't white. I don't know that anyone was saying that they should be like maliciously torn down or whatever. Like, I, I, I'm not really comfortable with how he's framing that, but. Why would anybody want a white statue of Jesus? He was not white. That is completely absurd. He was Middle Eastern. It's just extraordinary. And in fact, I'm hearing from, from pastors and some priests that it is happening, that the, the desecration of these statues of Jesus and, and Mary are being desecrated, torn down, and uh, they're not talking about it much because they don't want copycats around doing more of it. That's exactly right. Well, what, what is it about uh, Jesus Christ and religion that has become the focus of these, of these uh, protesters, if you will? Well, listen, I think, uh, quite frankly, I think President Trump hit it out of the ballpark when he talked about Joe Biden and by extension, the Democrats, by saying they're against God and they're against the Bible. Okay, Joe Biden is a Catholic. Joe Biden's Catholic. The majority of the leadership vast majority of the leadership in the Democratic Party is religious, like really religious. They're just not right-wing extremists. That's the difference. And that's why they can't stand it. They're trying to conflate religion and politics. They're trying to mix them together. If you aren't Republican, then you don't love God. 
if you love God, then you're a Republican. They're trying to mix those together and make it so they can't be broken apart. Well, listen, I think, uh, quite frankly, I think President Trump hit it out of the ballpark when he talked about Joe Biden and by extension, the Democrats, by saying they're against God and they're against the Bible. And uh, I think that's not an overstatement. It is no coincidence, David, that 70% of atheists identify as Democrats and only 15% as Republicans. And the Democrat party has become a godless party. I just want to point something out here. Uh, I don't know if those numbers are accurate. I would venture to guess they're not because 70 plus 15 is not 100. I don't know if everybody knew that or not. I'm just going to say just because 70% of a group of, what, 5 million people maybe are part of this organization, the Democrat Party, does not mean the entire party is non-religious. That's not how statistics work. That's not how numbers work in, in any stretch of the imagination. Party has become a godless party. And so that's why you find such animosity against well, conservative Christians and against the Bible. The, the, it has nothing to do in the Democrat Party, nothing to do with Christians. Just take that word out of it. It's, it's the Republican ideology and the problems that it creates that is the issue they need to be persecuted as christians they need to be hated because that gives their movement breath bible the, the, the bottom heart, the bottom God. line is and that i think the president is that these, that these anarchists certainly are are taking actions that are hostile to religion in america pastor jeffers yes. thank you very much okay these anarchists quote unquote what is burning a Bible have to do with anarchy it has absolutely nothing to do with it. I'm not an anarchist. These people are just completely bizarre. They're just building up this story, this lore, and, and trying to fortify it uh, and turn themselves into victims. It is so sad. It's like Donald Trump talking about how he's always being victimized by the press and always being attacked and hated and all this. Dude, you are the president of the United States, arguably the most powerful person in the world, and you're complaining about how badly people treat you. Give me a fucking break. You could do just about anything. You could end humanity tomorrow if you wanted by launching nukes. You could end the human species tomorrow, and you're complaining about people not liking you. Give me a break, man. Let's go back to Hemant Mehta's article and see what he says. This is a quote from the video. It's no coincidence that 70% of atheists identify as Democrats and only 15% as Republicans. The Democrat Party has become a godless party. This is Hemant Mehta. It's true that about 70% of atheists are Democrats and 15% are Republicans. That's according to the Pew Research Center's 2014 Religious Landscape Study. Considering how much has changed since then, I'd strongly suspect that 70% number is quite a bit higher now. Okay, hang on. I'm actually going to disagree with him and Meta on this one. I, Based on my experience in the atheist movement online and elsewhere, I suspect, actually, a, a far higher number of atheists are Republican now. Largely thanks to YouTube, I think. A lot of YouTube atheists in 2016 
turned really far right wing or were at the very least espousing right wing talking points and ideas. And it pushed a lot of atheists in that direction. I'm going to guess actually it's probably closer to 40 or 50% are Democrats. I'm going to guess like a really, really high percent are Republican or at least very conservative. Anyway, it's just a small nitpick. Let's continue reading. That same study, however, also found that 84% of Democrats believe in God in some capacity. 76% are absolutely or fairly certain God exists. It's not a godless party by any stretch of the imagination. If you need help making sense of Jeffress' innumeracy, even if 100% of atheists were Democrats, the party as a whole would still be more than 70% religious. Yeah. Just because atheists lean liberal doesn't mean the Democratic Party is overrun by atheists, but most of us recognize that the GOP only cares about the demands of white evangelicals. Whatever problems we have with Democrats, Republicans are significantly worse on the issues we typically care about. Jeffress knows that, but telling the truth goes against his faith. It would upset his Lord and Savior, Donald Trump. That's funny. That's a good point. Like I said, I, I really think that... I really think that largely atheists have moved far more right-wing, specifically in 2015 and 2016, to a disturbing degree. We can talk about conservatism. We can talk about traditional values. We can talk about tax cuts. Honestly, seriously, I'm more than willing to talk about this stuff with other people, with other atheists or whatever. That's conservatism. We can talk about conservatism in an honest conversation about it. But that's not what the Republican Party is about. The Republican Party, at this point in time, is about pushing Christian nationalism. That's what it is. About pushing a Christian state. So it's mind-blowing to me that any atheist, whether they are conservative or not, would ever vote for a Republican candidate. It, it really blows my mind. You can be conservative, but still understand that Christian nationalism is bad, and that pretty much takes precedent right now for me. I don't want a Christian nationalist state, so I'm, I'm voting Democrat. That's just what it is. Zolfner. That chat is dark, something bright. I went to movies on a date today with a gay. It's... A pop-up restaurant from my youth. It was great. Isn't Mubi's that restaurant from Clerks 2 and from... Isn't it in Dogma 2? Kevin Smith, the director Kevin Smith, does movies and has Mubi's in it, like the restaurant Mubi's. I thought that was a fake restaurant. Is that a real restaurant? That's interesting. Tyler Cross, I became an atheist after being a devout United Methodist. I started reading the Bible and found out it was all a lie. Now I'm an atheist and a humanist. That's what I'm talking about. Atheism and humanism all the way. Life in the doghouse. I'm still angry that we didn't get Pete Buttigieg. We could have had Pete and Chase and Chat. What's his name? Pete and Chaston as president and first gentleman. That would have been pretty awesome. That would have been the shit. Uh, although I have to say, I'm not into identity politics. I really did not like Pete Buttigieg's positions on things. Um, I, I thought he was kind of a corporate scumbag, honestly. You know, would have been great to have a gay president in there, but that that's not my primary 
issue. My primary thing is what policies he endorses, and he just seems like a corporate scumbag to me. Maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? We'll never know now, man, unless he runs in 2024. Tyler Cross, as a Black Lives Matter participant, I have always seen Black Lives Matter minimize violence. The police have always started it in my area, only speaking for Indianapolis. Yeah, I've actually been to Indianapolis many times. I have a friend that lived lived there for a while, but of course, anecdotal. We, you know, it may not be that way all the way across the country. I'm sure that in some areas, Black Lives Matter has probably, at some point, somewhere endorsed violence. But generally speaking, I think it, you know, most people involved in the protests recognize that violence is a bad path to take. So. I stand for the Black Lives Matter cause. I believe in equality. And for that reason, I would be out there protesting too if I lived anywhere near a protest. But I don't. I live in the middle of fucking nowhere. So unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to participate. But I do support the cause. And I'm glad that you're out there protesting and having your voice heard. That's really good. I'm glad you're doing that. Zolfner, never doubt the power of a fanatic. Look at me. Yeah, never doubt the power of a fanatic. That's a good point. Left wing, uh, this is Zolfner again. Left wing ideology focuses on race more than the right. This is why I finally feel marginalized. Listen to MSNBC all day. They only speak about her sex and race, not actions. Yeah, MSNBC is not great. I wouldn't listen to MSNBC. MSNBC can go way over the top sometimes. While extreme left-wing media, uh, mainstream media sources talk about race and things like that, right-wing mainstream media sources constantly talk about religion, like nonstop. It, it is the party of the evangelical voter. It It's made up of the evangelical voting block, and they have to pander to evangelicals to ever get elected in. So you always hear politicians, like every Republican politician out there is going to a try to appeal to the evangelical voting bloc. They're going to try to push Christian nationalism in some way. I have not seen one yet who hasn't tried to appeal to the evangelical voting bloc. It'd be a pretty big deal if one came along who didn't, and they'd probably fail miserably. So atheism isn't my most important subject in my life, but I can objectively say that the more religious a country becomes the more of an authoritarian regime it becomes. It becomes more authoritarian the more religious it gets. Look at Saudi Arabia. It's, it's an authoritarian nightmare, practically. That's not to say that non-religious governments can't also be authoritarian, certainly. Like, look at China. I think it's nationally atheist, and it's pretty authoritarian. It's a police state, practically. But uh, that's just you know, self-evident. The more Christian nationalist the U.S. becomes, the more authoritarian it is. Zulfner, left wing is the party of pandering. Not sure what you mean by the party of pandering. Everybody tries to get votes from their voting block. Trump has been courting the evangelical voting block forever. Do you remember him gassing protesters so he could walk to the church to get a picture taken holding up a Bible? That was pretty pandery, if you ask me. I would say that's that's pretty pandery. Tell you what, that's where I'm going to end it for the night. I appreciate you guys coming on and giving this a listen, and I will talk to you next week. 
If you like what I do and you want to make sure I can continue to do it, you can support me in a few ways. First, you can support me on Patreon. That's probably the best way. But if you want to get something back for your support, you can check out my Teespring. I sell all kinds of shirts and stickers and stuff on there. Second, you can support me by checking out my Etsy store. I sell 3D printed stands for every system from the original Nintendo to the Xbox One. And finally, if you want to support me in other ways, you can check me out on my other channels. I have the podcast channel, which is where I talk about whatever's on my mind. Politics, social issues, whatever. You can also find it everywhere podcasts can be found. Or you can check out the videos on my main channel, where I focus on destructive cults. As it is with most channels these days, I rely on the support of viewers like you to keep my channel alive, so sharing my work is extremely helpful. Anyways, check me out in all those places if you haven't already. Thanks for listening, guys.